0: Well, praise the Lord, everyone, Amen. Amen. and I get to preach after that. Praise God, hallelujah, the soul of man is never going to die there. We want to be uh, talking to you today out of the book of St. John, so if you go ahead and go to the 17th chapter, you know, John was talking when he was up here a while ago about uh, uh, about being bright and shiny, and uh, last Sunday, you know, this is the truth, and, and they're not, uh, the lady that said this is not here today, uh, but uh, so she might see this on video, but I don't know. Uh, but she told me, she said, if you don't mind, when you're up there preaching, she said, could you kind of be still <laughs> Not gonna happen. That ain't gonna
1: happen. <laughs> Not gonna
0: happen. And I said, why? She said, because that light above your head blinds me. <laughs> And then if it don't know me, she wasn't talking about the light blinder. She was talking about the reflection
1: on the top of my head. And
0: so, anyway, she's not here today, so she won't be blinded by my bald head. Today. Anyway, Lord, are you know, a great We serve a great God. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 17, be reading a single verse. I want to talk to us today about our relationship with, that, with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is twofold. The first part of it is going to be how we're saved. And that relationship that is established at our salvation. And what that's supposed to look like according to the Word of God. And then we're going to go into what it takes to revive that spirit. Revive that relationship. To keep that relationship good. We all know that life happens amen, amen. Uh, this scripture that i'm going to read you is a single verse a chapter uh, verse 3 of chapter 17 uh, before we, we read it i want to tell you that our lord jesus christ is concerned about our life here you but his major concern is about our eternal
1: life That's right.
0: because we are going to live eternally we have a choice as the place that we live eternally We can either live in heaven or we can live in hell. That's the two choices that are given to us in this world. And so a lot of times what our life here affects our relationship with the Lord in such a way that it causes us to be unproductive for the kingdom of God. And the Lord addresses this when He said that we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. God understands, Jesus Christ understands what a battle we have in this life. He understands that we face difficulties. He understands that we face sickness. He understands that we face death. He understands who's in our family, the good ones and the bad ones. We all got both kinds, don't we? He understands that there's going to be death around us, that we're going to that things are not always going to go our way. He understands that sometimes we'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He understands that sometimes we'll be insulted and sometimes we'll get our feelings hurt. He understands those things. He knows those things. But we should never ever allow those things to hinder the relationship that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? We should never let those things be hindered. And so that's why he said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. He says that if we do that, he will give us an abundant life. A life of perfection, that's going to come later. But right now, we live this life. Let us live this life abundantly, no matter how it's dealt to us. And let us pick that up, put it on our shoulder, and follow him anyway. Good advice from the scripture, isn't it?
1: Because
0: a lot of times we let things drag us down. We let things hinder us from serving God. We get angry about things. We get up. We're we're liable to even question God, why, God, did this happen to me? Why, God, did this happen to my family? Why, God, did this happen to someone I love? We we do that often, don't we? Yes, we do. Pick that up. Don't blame God. Turn to God, run to God, bow to God, praise God, and He'll make you better. He will heal you Amen. where you are in your life. He's done it to many people, and He'll continue to do that if we'll call on His name. So this chapter 17 in Saint John verse three, and this is is life eternal <coughs> that they might know Thee. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast (coughs) sent. Father God, thank You for Your beautiful Word. Thank You for this prayer that our Savior prayed before He entered into Gethsemane. Thank You for allowing John to write this prayer. And Lord, help us to focus on on what this verse, this, this one verse tells us about who you are and what you want for us help us Lord to receive it help us Lord to believe it but more importantly Lord help us to respond to it because it's true in Jesus name we pray. Amen Amen. so he is dealing with life eternal and he tells us and he gives us the description of what eternal life is. And he says that we must know somebody. Amen? We gotta know somebody. How many of you know somebody? Praise God. He says that we must know, that we must know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. So we must know the Father, and we must know Jesus Christ, the Son. To know is just not a head knowledge of Him, by the way. And I want, it's important that we understand what that means. There's a lot of people who know about Jesus. There's a lot of people who know about God. The devils know Him. The devils know Him and they fear and tremble at Him. They know who He is. They bow to Him. Yet we as human beings, I've never seen God. Have you ever seen God? I've never seen God. A matter of fact, I've never seen Jesus Christ. I've never seen them, but yet I know they exist. Why? Because I know them. What does that mean? What does it mean to know God? If you look in the Old Testament, if you look in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, you don't have to turn there. But there's a first mention of something that takes place in the Bible. And it is when Cain is born. And the Bible says it like this He said, And Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived and bare a son unto him. Now what does that mean? I'm not going to get into sex education with y'all right now. But I want to tell you what that means. It means that Adam and Eve became one. And as a result of them becoming one, and the result of them knowing, that's what the Bible calls it, knowing each other, the result was procreation. A child was born from that. Now, the word that was used there is the word that the Lord explains to us and is explained in 1 John where he consistently says we must know or we must know this, we must know Jesus. And he consistently says that word, I know, over and over and over. And he uses the term that we know. It is important that we know that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ that we know that we know him. That we understand Him. And so to give you an idea of that, the Bible tells us that we have to do something. We have to do like Adam and Eve. We have to become one with our Savior to know Him. Boy, everybody's real quiet in here. And where in the world is this all coming from? The Scripture bears this out. We must have this deep relationship with Him. To know God, we must have an intimate relationship Love relationship with Jesus Christ. If we don't have that, we don't know Him. If we don't have that, we don't know Him. We have to come to Jesus. We have to have this relationship. And we don't get to have this intimate love relationship our way. Amen. If it was our way, we would serve God when it was... Convenience. Uh oh. Did you know a lot of people serve God that way? Now let me ask you a question. Do you love your wife because it's convenient to have her around? <laughs> Don't answer that, guys. It's a trout. Don't answer it. <laughs> Ladies, do you love your husband or live with your husband because it's convenient and he provides for you? No. You have a love relationship. You love one another. You have a deep love. And this is the same relationship that the Lord our God requires us to have with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is the relationship that He requires us to have. We must know Him in this personal, intimate way. And we must love Him because we know Him. So we have to do it His way. Well, what is His way? That's a good question then. What is His way? Well, in order to know Him, you have to be saved. Amen. Amen. So it starts at our salvation. And so I want to make sure people understand the Scripture and what the Scripture says about us knowing Him, how, about us being saved in Him, and what it says. Now, that, there's all kinds of things. They, 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 they've got things written down on a little card. They call it the Roman Road. they got another one called the ABCs of Salvation you know what the scripture is playing on what it's like what it, what salvation looks like and what brings salvation our way right. amen? amen and so i'm going to lay it out for you so you can understand it and then i want to talk to you about keeping that spirit keeping that relationship keeping that love relationship alive and well and I'm going to tell you, if we can learn to keep our love relationship alive and well on an individual basis and on a church basis, we would have a revival that would break out in this place that would it would blow your mind. Amen? Amen? Amen. We've got too many other things on our mind. It's what their issue is. It's the reason no more people are getting saved than they are today. It's the reason that people, the churches are dwindling in numbers instead of increasing in numbers, y'all. It's not about the numbers. It's about saving lost souls amen so the first thing we need to know jesus taught us and i know the po- folks that come here on wednesday night are tired of me talking about john but i tell you what saint john is the is the chapter is the book of relationship and if you're going to have a relationship with jesus christ you need to read this book you need to read this gospel and you need to take note of everything that jesus says that relates to a relationship with him that's not all in john but some of it is and so John chapter 6 and 44 Jesus started off by saying this he said no man everybody say no man no man man can come to me this is Jesus talking except the father which hath sent me draw him you cannot come to a relationship with Jesus Christ except the father of creation draw you into that relationship. In other words, He chooses you and gives you a choice to respond to Him. Amen. A lot of people say, and I've, I've used this analogy over and over, all those people, and I know when I was a teenager and I'd go hear the preacher preach and I'd grab hold the back of that pew and hang on to my knuckles, turn wide If back, just get out of here. i am like to listen to this, put up with this one more time, just get out that door. Well, guess what? That was the father speaking to a teenager saying cup to my son amen Amen. am i the only ever experienced that there are grown-ups today who feel they're too old for this there's grown-ups today that feel like they've lost too much and God don't want to have them. There's people today in this world that believe that because of the sinful lifestyle they live, they can't have Jesus anymore. Let me tell you what: you can have Jesus. Amen. God's grace is greater than sin. Amen. His blood still washes white as snow. But there's something you have to do in order to claim that, in order to receive that from Him. Amen. Amen. You have to answer. That drawing, when it's issued to you, some people don't ever feel it, but one time, I was fortunate. I got to feel it lots of times before I ever yielded to it. Amen. Have you yielded to that call? The second thing that I want you to, to to realize that we must respond to that drawing by coming to Jesus. Amen. You must respond to the drawing of God because He's not drawing you to go your own way and do your own thing. He's calling you to His Son. He's calling you to a relationship. He wants to introduce you to the One who died for you. He wants to introduce you to the One who can give you eternal life. And that's what He said in, chapter three, in verse 3 a while ago. He said, I'm not going to give you eternal life. And you, but you've got to know the Father and you've got to know Me to get it. It's important stuff. And so in Matthew chapter 11, 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye labor and are heavy laden. And I'm gonna do something for you. What's He gonna do for you? Yes. He's gonna give you rest, amen. Rest from what? Rest from worrying about going to hell. Rest and knowing that in His arms there is safety. Rest in knowing that He has done what it takes. He's victorious over sin and death. That He has conquered the world. He has overcome the world. And when He we come to Him with those burdens, and by the way, that is something that we all have to do is give our burdens to Jesus. You know what? There are people in there, not only does the lost person that comes to Jesus have to give Him their burden, but the saved person that keeps trying to tote those things around with Him got to give them away too. Amen. Amen? And so that leads us to the th- next thing. We must repent. We must be willing to re- You know what? A lot of people don't like to repent because it means they've done something wrong or it means they are wrong. We don't like that, do we? We don't like to say I'm wrong. We don't like to say I have lived wrong that I am living a wrong life before God. We don't like to say that, but you know what? Whether you like to say it or not, sin is sin. Amen. And sin is a reproach to any people. I don't care whether they're saved people or lost people. It is a reproach to those people before God. And that's why Jesus said to us in Luke chapter 13, verses 3 and 5, he reiterated it twice in three verses, And he said this, he said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repentance is as much a salvation as being drawn. Repentance is as much a part of salvation as coming. When you get there, what you've got to do is fall on your knees, humble yourself, and repent before a holy God. We don't get to live in our sin. We don't get to wallow in our sin. There is a consequence of living in that that sin. And it is a reproach, not only to us, but it is a reproach to God because Jesus Christ died for our sin. We don't have a right to live in sin. You know what? We make these excuses. Well, I can't live... uh, i got to live this way because uh, it wouldn't be right for me to listen to me. It's never wrong to do right. And it's never right to do wrong. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what's going on in your life. It's never right to do wrong. And that is a sin before God. So we need to know that we must come to God. We must be drawn to Jesus. We must come to Him. And we must repent to Him. And the fourth thing. We must call on the name of the Lord. You know what? There's a lot of people who come and and they'll say, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do this. You know how you call on the name of the Lord? It's simple. It's simple. You remember how how John called on, I mean uh, Peter called on the name of the Lord when he was sinking in that water? He cried out, Jesus! And he's calling on the name of the Lord. There's no sweeter name, there's no more powerful name in all this, all anywhere than the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And so we must, we must call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to read you something in Romans, <clears throat> chapter 10. I'm going to begin reading in verse 8. But what saith it? Talking about uh, a righteous faith that speaks to us. It says, What saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth, and thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, uh with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Hallelujah! Praise God for that. We must repent. And then we must call upon the name. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall. Be saved. I don't care what they tell you somewhere else. I don't care what they tell you. you got to do this. you got to do that. You got The Scripture is plain. You're drawn to Him. You call upon Him. You repent to Him. And you call on the name of Jesus for salvation. And you get it in your heart and you get it from your mouth. Amen. You confess it. And you're not ashamed of it. If you're ashamed of it, you don't have it. Amen. <laughs> Boy. People don't like bluntness. So, you know, truth is truth. And the truth is being challenged way too much in our society today. The truth is challenged way too much in our churches today. When we try to have this feel-good religion, well, I tell you what, there ain't no better feeling than the whole white world than the noble Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. No, no greater feeling. And there's no better feeling to know that I have been obedient to my Lord and Savior, no matter what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. Amen. That's, there's no better feeling. It's not a self-righteous feeling either. It's a feeling that's given to us. So we must call upon His name. We must be saved. Well, what does this look like? Well, there's a lot of people that'll say, you, "Oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to do that. You got to do." You. And they'll give you all these works and all these gifts that you got d- to display. That's not anything to do with your salvation initially. When you repent, you call on the name of the Lord after the Father has drawn you, He sets you up for salvation. And Jesus Christ is going to serve it up to you. Amen? Amen. He He is here to serve us. And He is here to give us those things. So we must receive the promise of the Father. When we call upon the name of Jesus, And y'all, this sounds like a long gone out affair. If not, it can happen in three minutes. Unless you've got a lot to repent over. That may take longer. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And He doesn't ask you to give a play by play. He looks at your heart. When you're up here and you're pouring out your heart to Him, He knows the sin in your life. Give that sin to Him. That's repentance. That's what it's about. And so we have to have the promise of the Father. We have to have the Holy Ghost. We have to have the Holy Spirit that comes to dwell in us. It's super important that this happened. Joel chapter 2, verses 28-29. This is the very scripture that Peter preached the day of Pentecost that when they asked him what had taken place, this is the scripture that he gave to them to explain to them what had happened this is the promise and it shall come to pass in Joel chapter 2 verse 28-29 it shall come to pass afterward that after what? that's a good word isn't it? afterward he puts that Joel does Joel put it but he don't tell us what afterward is we know what afterward is after Jesus Christ died after he rose from the dead hallelujah then, afterward. Amen. Afterward. And afterward, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall, will see visions. And also upon the, on thy servants and upon thine handmaids, in those days will I pour out my Spirit. You know what's wrong with our churches today? We've lost the vision and we've lost the dream of salvation. We've lost the vision and we've lost the dream of, of the Jesus Christ coming and that we're here to help a lost world receive him. That's
1: right.
0: Amen. We're so wrapped up in worldliness. We're so wrapped up in politics. We're so wrapped up in conflict. We're so wrapped up in wars. We're so wrapped up in news. We're so wrapped up in having a good time that we neglect the salvation because we don't have our visions and the dreams anymore. Amen. You know what the Bible teaches us? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Did y'all hear that? where there is no vision the people perish we need to come to church skipping we need to come to church like David did I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord I'm excited because I'm going to get to hear about my Savior I'm going to get to proclaim him I'm going to get to worship with believers I'm going to get to do this I'm going to get to pray I'm going to get to call on his name hallelujah I mean, if you came with that attitude this morning skipping and prancing in the door Amen. I can almost tell you what happened in some of your houses. I'm not going there,
1: though.
0: I'm not going there. Amen. And some people just didn't come because they had a pressing issue.
1: They
0: didn't get up in time. Somebody come and see them. Boy, we, them, we got all the excuses in the world, don't we? Well, let me tell you something else. You say, well, that's just Old Testament stuff. Let me me go take you to the book of Acts. Let me read you something. Do you know what? Jesus Christ, when he got ready to ascend into heaven, I want to read you his very last instruction to these apostles. Now listen to me. They had walked with Jesus three years. They had seen him perform miracles. It was unbelievable. They saw him raise people from the grave who had been there four days. They saw these things. They saw him walk
1: on the water.
0: They saw him do all of this. You know what? Well Troy, that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Because it wasn't the way he was going to give them eternal life. And they watched him die. They saw him put in the grave. And then they witnessed his resurrection. They had been with him already for 40 days. They had seen him. They had eaten with him, touched him, talked with him. He was alive after he died the way he did. Praise God. Amen. But you know what? They needed something else. What did they need? What in the world could they need after that? Amen. Look at what Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. And being assembled together with them, with Jesus, He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Ooh. That's what we just read about in Joel chapter 2 verse 28-29. The promise of the Father. Jesus said, don't you dare Leave Jerusalem until this happens to you. And, and you, he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore him again the kingdom to Israel? They still thought he was going to give everything back over to them. It wasn't time for that (coughs) yet. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost (coughs) has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Y'all, that is the promise of the Father. We must be filled and we're not saved until we are. Why in the world has it got to be that way? To know Jesus, to know the Father, and to know the Holy Spirit of God. These three are one. So you get to know them all that way. Amen. And this relationship is intimate because He is abiding where? In us. In us. We are one when we have this relationship with Him. Amen. This is what this means. So John, when you look at this, John 14, uh, uh, verses 16 through 20. Let me get over here and read this to you. John 14 verses 16 through 20. I I promise I'm going to close here in a minute. We need to hear these things. This is what Jesus was talking when he was talking about the Holy Spirit coming. He said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you, I love this, forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you. And he and shall be in you. Y'all see that? I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me. Because I live, you shall live also. Now he's talking about eternal life now. Mm-hmm. You shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father. You in me. And I in you. This is the promise of the Father that was fulfilled through three relationships. One with the Father and His drawing. One with the Son as we came to Him. And one with the Holy Spirit as we received the promise of the Father that empowered us to live and do what Jesus Christ asked us to do. Amen. And what does this lead to? What does this lead to? It leads us to salvation, but it also leads us to something else. It leads us to something that that Jesus called abiding love. Abiding love. In John chapter 15 again, verse 9 and verse 12, he says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And look at what he says. Continue in my love. Now this ain't a request from Jesus, this is a command from Jesus. So, no, yes it is. He didn't ask us to continue in His love. He told us to continue in His love. How do we do that? Because He is in us. He dwells in us. We need to listen to Him and and obey Him and be drawn by Him and do the things He said in verse 12. This is my commandment, this is Jesus' word, that you love one another as I have loved you. So he says, you must love me. I am in you. You need to, to, to know my love. You need to continue in my love. And while you're there, you need to love one another. Amen. Ain't no worse church than a fighting church. You can't go on. It'll soon become a dead church if they don't learn to forgive and love. Amen. So the church... The world needs this salvation. If you're here today and you have not experienced this salvation, you're going to get an opportunity here in just a minute to experience that salvation that can only be given to you this way. If you have not experienced this, you do not have salvation. Amen? Amen. Because this is done according to the scripture, God's way. All right? So the church needs a great revival also. A revival, but the revival that the saved people need. Is one that they seem to be stubborn and do not want to do. We ain't got time for revival. How many of you got time for a Bible? Let's start revival tonight and go through next week. You know how we do revival now? Two three. Well, let's see. Let's pick a date when everybody ain't too busy. Let's see, let's wait till the school comes in control with that's when the summer sports is over with. Let's wait a then what does that leave us? Well, now, wait a minute, there's Easter going to pop up in there. Mm. Thanksgiving's going to pop up. Christmas going to My goodness. So you just put all those dates a hat, and draw all them and say, this is revival. And then you got to have somebody preach it, right? Like he's going to bring revival? Do you know? He don't bring it with him. He walks into it. Revival starts in the church. It starts with God's people. It starts with the people who are calling on his name. It starts with the people who have repented of their sins. It starts with the people who have the promise of God inside of them. It starts with the people who love God with all their heart. It starts with the people who love one another with all their heart. And it starts as a cohesive unit. That we are united in one. And we all have a common goal. And that's to have revival in this church and see people saved. Amen. 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 What well, simple is it? <laughs> Praise God. So the church needs a revival of repentance and of awakening to be able to carry out the mission Christ has left us to do. How do we do that? Oh, you know I've got another scripture for you. Because see, I don't get to preach Gary's words. I get to preach the words of the Lord. Hallelujah. And they're found right here. <laughs> Lay out it is for everybody to look at if you'll do it. Amen. Amen. But we're gonna go way back. We're gonna go back into Psalms again. We're gonna go back into Psalm 51. And I'm gonna read you this Psalm because this is how we renew. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Well, that's what we need to pray. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. You know what that means? You've got to say you have them. You've got to admit you're a sinner. You've got to admit you're a defying God. You've got to admit that you're doing wrong in the eyes of God. It don't come any other way. Praise God. He said, Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And thou mightest that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. We've been lying to ourselves way too long that we're alright when we're not. That we're not in sin when we are. That we can justify our sins when we can't. That's the lie we tell ourselves inside. If I don't tell anybody, nobody will know it. Oh yes, they will. God sees it all. Amen. And he's the one you better worry about. Amen. Amen. Behold, thou desire truth in the inward part and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me, he says, with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Y'all listen, we don't need hyssop anymore. We have the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it and it works. divinely. It works perfectly to a heart that's repentant. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which Thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide Thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me away from Thy presence, and, and cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and hold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. We try to convert sinners, but we're wallowing in our filthy, stinking sin. It won't work. Amen. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth, Shall show forth thy praise. While thou desirest not sacrifice, else could I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure, unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullets upon thine altar. We find David has told us how we repent as a church. How we begin to have revival in our midst. And we do it by confession. We do it by being honest with ourselves. We do it by calling on his name. We do it by asking him to do something for us. God hears this prayer by the way. When he said, create in me a clean heart of God. Some of our hearts are so filthy. Some of our hearts are so full of sin. Some of our hearts are so full of hatred. Some of our hearts are so full of vengeance. Some of our hearts are so full of anger. Those are things we have to give to Him. That is the burden that He says we cannot carry. That is the burden He says, come to me and give that to me. I'll carry it for you. That's what David was talking about. Even in the Old Testament, he knew this. That he said, create within me, renew within me a right spirit. And then he tells us the sacrifices. Y'all, you can't buy your way to heaven. I don't care how much you pay in tithes every month, every week, every week. I don't care how much you do at the church. I don't care how much work you do. I don't care. Those sacrifices are meaningless if your heart's not right with God. He will not accept them from you. Now there's folks in this building I right know, that are trying to live in the peep pen while proclaiming holiness in God will not work. will only bring damnation to you. Amen. We just take. We can't be righteous. The Bible tells us there is none righteous, no, not one. Scripture also tells us that man's righteousness is filthy rag before God. We can only be righteous through Jesus Christ. We can only be perfected through Him. We owe Him. You know why I say that? Because He paid a price to buy you. And He's laid out a plan. How you come to Him. How you respond to Him. What you do before Him. And then you claim the promise of the Father and be filled with the Spirit to empower you. To be that person He's called you to be. No excuses. No conditions. Be drawn and come. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe you're here today. And you don't know even if you're saved or not. You need to know. You need to know that you know Jesus. And don't let the world's version of it, oh, you can do this, God's okay with it. No, He's not. You have sin harbored in your heart. You have anger harbored in your heart. You have animosity toward a brother or sister harbored in your heart. Do you? answer yourself be honest with yourself I don't know what's in your heart but he does he sees every bit of it the good, the bad, and the ugly and I imagine sometimes Christ after he did what he did for us after he suffered what he did for us, after he died and shed his blood for us. Wonders why we can stand here so hard hearted and never yield one iota of our heart to him for cleansing. What's God telling you right now? If you have the spirit of God in you and you have sin in there, You're hearing something right now. You're hearing something right now. You got things going on in your brain right now, tossing them around. Some of you ain't got nothing in your brain right now except let's get out of here, please. But there's others that see. They're seeing themselves. We need to do like David did. Oh God. Cleanse me of my transgressions. Make me pure. your brothers and sisters in Christ, and they love you. And my cousins,
1: and, all and, and
0: these everybody. cousins, and Ken folks. and if you can go to church with Ken folks, you can go to church with anybody. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so, thank you for for calling on the Lord and doing this. But you can call on any of these people any time for help. If you need prayer, they'll pray for you, and uh, we're gonna love you. But in return, we expect the same from you.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. So that being said, we're gonna we're gonna dismiss in prayer. I'll come around, and give her the right hand of fellowship. She'll be standing right here, give her a hug, slobber on her a little bit, and uh, all that good stuff, and, and, and we're gonna leave here rejoicing and praising God Amen. because He's added to our to our assembly here. So thank you for being there. Brother Choice Order, would you
1: dismiss him please? Thank you so much, Lord for being that sacrifice for us, Lord, that we can come to you, Lord. We can rest in you, Lord. Some of us are, are tired, Lord, and not focused like we should be on you. Thank you, Lord, for adding to our church. As you said Father, we know we have a special place for every year. Thank you, Brother here, Lord, for the time and effort that he spends. We'll bring you all Your word is true. Thank you so much. Jesus' name. Amen.